describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. how special it is when it's all done that's right we'll see how special i'm james i'm dan and so this is part of greyhawk con 2020 virtual uh this is our contribution to uh this great event keeping tabletop old school gaming going in in the world of a pandemic so today we have a uh, special adventure and we have a group of daring adventurers who are going to traverse and hopefully survive the challenges we have before them so uh piloting this ship will be uh, dan and myself and uh so i'm gonna have the members of the tomb raiders the adventure this uh daring group uh, introduce themselves starting to my left is dandy Tallfellow. dandy why don't you introduce yourself i'm bill crook i'm from longmont colorado I'm playing Dandy Tallfellow, a halfling fighter thief. Thank you, sir, and welcome to the welcome to the event. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, Colorado, he's two hours before, so this is nice and early for him. So, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> next, we have uh, Eslian, the studious. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, good morning, all. My name is Brian Larch. I'm in West Virginia. I'm playing Eslian, the studious, a fourth level. Half-Elf Cleric. Excellent. Uh, thank you, sir. And moving down, we have uh, Mildred the Mad. Please introduce yourself. Yes, I'm Martin from Sweden, and I'm playing Mildred, the human magic user of uh, fifth level, known as Mildred the Mad. Okay. And with last but not least, we have the voice of Pugsley, the leader, the sly. Well, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Craig. I'm in Fairbanks, Alaska, and I'm playing Pugsley the Sly, a level five thief, dwarf thief. Yes. So, he, uh, f- so if Bill thought he was tired, we, I'll see you're <laughs> tired and raise it uh, by by twenty. So, you gentlemen get the uh, you get the gold star for participating. So. Uh, Thanks so much for uh, coming on, and we have a lot of folks saying hi in the chat. Uh, Craig saying hi to Brian because uh, he ran a couple of games with him. So, Dan, I think we are ready to start. We will be playing for it's nine o'clock exactly. We will be playing for four hours or until uh, Craig or 
Billy pass out. That's uh, that's the plan. So or or the total party kill. <laughs> or the total party kill. Yeah. Just text us. I'm tired. I'd like to go to bed. Please kill my character. And I gotta go to happy. work after this. Uh, oh wow. Okay. Awesome. So uh, Dan, we're ready to start. All right, and I just like to note how happy I am that this Grog Talk episode were out of the abyss. It's the only reason That's I right. agreed to do this, so we could go to Greyhawk for at least one episode. So, all it's right, like a furlough. It's a furlough. <laughs> I'm furloughed. Okay, so this adventure is Janelle Jaquay's Tomb of Aethering the Damned modified to take place in Greyhawk, since this is, of course, Greyhawk Con. So, gentlemen. The year is common year 576. The place is the world of Greyhawk. Five years ago, at an estate sale in the city, Pugsley the Sly came across an intriguing map tucked away in a collection of otherwise boring papers. The estate's executor told Pugsley that the collection had belonged to the decedent's great-great-great-grandfather. The papers along with the map, had apparently been handed down from generation to generation. Now, Pugsley, you were intrigued by the map because your emerging specialty at the time was tomb raiding, and you had assembled a group of like-minded adventurers to plunder tombs in and around the city of Greyhawk, a group aptly named Pugsley and the Tomb Raiders. So after being caught trying to pinch the map, you bought the entire collection of papers for the price of one silver piece and were then promptly kicked off the premises. And I believe we will be able to show you a copy of that map when James yes. puts it up. So let me know when you're ready, James, to show the famous map. Oh, the famous map. Yes, the map of, uh, let's see. There you go. That, Pugsley, is the map that intrigued you. You didn't know anything about that map, but it did strike your interest. So you bought all of these papers. But you store this map away. You'd never heard of anyone called Vleck, Call, Vlexed, or Stonefist. And while you had heard of the Jutting Peaks, which was referenced on the maps, it was your understanding they were far, far away to the north. And at the time, you didn't have any money to investigate the map's background or to travel a great distance. You and your fellow adventurers were just getting started in the business of tomb raiding. Five years passed. During that time, you and your group plundered numerous tombs and became fairly wealthy. In fact, you recently plundered the tomb of a former clerical leader of the city of Greyhawk, during which adventure, as always... The magic user didn't survive. The good news, however, is that this raid brought you considerable wealth. The bad news is it has greatly angered the current Lord Mayor of the city of Greyhawk, who has vowed to find the culprits as soon as possible. So you've decided that now would probably be a good time to get away from the city for a while. And since you now have the money to travel and hire sages and recalling that map, that you bought five years ago, you've dusted it off, found a new magic user named Mildred, and hired a sage to tell you about the map. And this is what the sage tells you. Stonefist, 
Then Vlek called Vlek said, founded the hold of Stonefist in the north in approximately 430 common year. He had been cast out of his homeland for banditry and lying. But a small number of warriors and their families followed him as a leader. He settled in an area inhabited by the Colton's Fidelity. He tricked them into negotiation, and these negotiators and their escorting forces were slaughtered, and the remainder of the Colton's host routed by surprise and ferocity, and Vleck settled down to rule the whole territory. As Vleck's infamy spread, he took the name Stonefist, implying both a terrible foe and an inflexible ruler. He married a beautiful woman named Anasia. They had one child together, a son named Alistar. Anasia, however, died very young while traveling with Stonefist, and their son Alistar later disappeared when he was just coming into adulthood. Stonefist then took 219 wives and had 351 male children. As he grew into middle age, he had his servants build a tomb in preparation for his death. He wished to be remembered, but not to have his body disturbed. And he also did not wish to pass on certain portions of his legacy. So the tomb was built in a hidden location. He died, rumor has it, by contracting a horrible, rotting disease. He was then entombed along with many of his belongings. After his death and entombment, his heirs fought for power, and any who had knowledge of the tomb's location perished, except one. Stonefist had slain all the servants who helped build the tomb, and knowledge of its location was limited to a few trusted advisors who buried Stonefist and his belongings in the tomb. Those advisors perished in the war without ever disclosing its location. But one servant who helped build the tomb was rumored to have copied a portion of the plans and disappeared with it during the tomb's building. Stonefist and others for a time after his death searched for this servant, but to no avail. He and his map had vanished. Until now, this gentleman appears to be the map he made. The jutting peaks are two mountains in the Griff Mountain chain, overlooking a great lake south of Lexdad, the capital of the hold of Stonefist. You can surely find a guide there to take you to the jutting peaks. But I warn you, and this is free of charge, extra advice. I would not let on what you are seeking, as you would gain the interest of the master of the hold, his most grim and terrible might, and a descendant of Stonefist. Uh, that'll be 100 gold pieces, please. <clears throat> 100 gold pieces. Thank you. That was very good information, I believe. I get one. Are you not... Okay. You pay the sage, and you make your way north 
to Vlekstad, where you hire an expert guide who shows you an old path up the mountain that followed a riverbed which is now dry. This path comes to an end before an enormous lake. The jutting peaks are on the far side. Your guide departs, telling you he's been warned to stay away from this area. When you reach the other side of the lake, you find yourself looking up a rock wall with an enormous waterfall flowing from about 30 feet above and the water making its way down to your left, then descending into this enormous lake in the mountains. The waterfall and the pool below makes everyone, except Mildred and Dandy, a bit nervous because only Mildred knows how to swim, having been forced to take swimming lessons as a child by her parents, and Dandy having been gifted a ring of swimming after his uncle Bafo drowned in a freak boating accident. Gentlemen, what do you do? <clears throat> and ladies, my apologies, Mildred. You're a little disheveled there. Hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> That's quite all right. Um, <laughs> so who wants to go in first? And, and, and my apologies to Ashley, too. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll put the genders next time. Thank you, yes. It gets confusing at times. You know, back Is then. Is there anyone who's actually going to have trouble at this spot? Or are we just trying to be extra careful? Are you, are you, are you asking me? No, just the group. Well, uh, my understanding is we need to climb the wall and get behind the waterfall. You don't. You don't know. So all. So you had been directed to the jutting peaks, right? So if you look at the map, you know that the map says somewhere near the tomb is hidden somewhere near the jutting peaks, and so you're standing in front of the jutting peaks, and you just see the only thing of note that you see is this waterfall flowing. That is all you know about trying to find this tomb. What is the waterfall flowing into? Is it uh, some sort of pond or or? Uh, Yes, yeah, so the, the waterfall flows down into a tributary, and the tributary pretty quickly, you can see, then makes it enters this enormous lake. So there's an enormous lake in the Griff Mountains, south of Vlekstad, the capital, and it runs into that. It joins this tributary, uh, the, 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 the Zumker River. It joins this tributary and flows down into this lake. Is there a way we can get up and look behind the waterfall? Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so who is that? Sorry, what character is that speaking? I'm Dandy. Dandy, yes, Dandy. So, Dandy. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, when you look at, when you inspect near the waterfall area, you notice pretty quickly that there is a very, very narrow kind of ridge that goes up and seems to go up behind the waterfall. It is probably, you would estimate, it is about three feet wide. It is fairly steep. No, I'd probably say like at about a 45-degree angle. And it does look slippery because you've got water that is splashing from the waterfall and running down it. I wave the group. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, uh, it's uh, like uh, the right way, but also sort of dangerous. Uh, just one question: uh, If one were to fall down into to the tributary, it would you would be swept away instantly, or uh, how how uh, uh, how's the flow in the in the river? You know, so it so there's a little bit. So uh, the flow is not bad. So it actually went if if goes down in like a little pool and then there's a little tributary so if you fell down you'd fall down into this pool of water it wouldn't be great but it doesn't strike you as deadly and you wouldn't be swept away Esselin suggests that the dwarf first take a rope climb up the slope secure the rope and lower it down and then followed by Dandy so that the rest of us can uh, use the rope as a guide up the slope. That seems reasonable. Okay. Yeah, I'll try climbing up there. Okay. We have enough rope. I got 25 feet. How, how much do we think we might need? I mean, I have 50 feet. Uh, uh, 50. I also have 50 feet. Yeah, 50, yeah, so certainly if you, you would know that if you tied the 50 and the 50 together, it'd be no problem at all because the waterfall is about 30 feet high. And obviously it's a little bit longer because it's going up the side, but 100 feet, it's probably like about 70 feet or so. That would do it. Okay. Okay, so it was. Uh, okay, that's Pugsley, right? Yeah. Got it. Okay, so Pugsley, you tie the ropes together and tell me what you do. I'll start trying to climb up there, and when I get up there, try and find a place to secure the rope. Okay, and so tell me how. So how, how are you ascending? Uh, you just you're, you're walking on up there. Uh, as as long as I can, look for handholds if it starts getting steeper or slippery. Oh right, and you of course are a thief, so yeah. this this is similar to climbing walls, and it's it's. It's fairly rough, so um, just about halfway up, um, give me a roll. I'll let you. It's, it's your life, and I, <laughs> I don't know why I said that since I already announced you prob probably wouldn't die, but, you know, who knows. Um, <laughs> it's your life, so feel free to give me a, a, a climb walls roll, please. It looks like you got 80%, so roll percentile. Let me okay. know how you and as you're, you know, so as you're getting ready to roll, I'll just describe what you experience. You know, you're heading up there and you can tell it's kind of slippery. Your feet are sliding a little bit. You've got, as you're getting closer to the waterfall, more spray is starting to come at you. It's getting a little bit hard to see as you were going up. Okay. I rolled a 65. Oh, okay. So, so Pugsley, you, there's a couple times where your left foot kind of slides off to the side, and you can hear down below you, the Tomb Raiders all go, ooh, and they put your foot back on, and they go, ah. This happens a couple of times. And Just for we, dramatic effect. <laughs> that's right. You meant to do that. <laughs> Make them appreciate you more. <laughs> but well played, Pugsley. So, so gentlemen and ladies, down below, you sort of see Pugsley sort of kind of disappears up above. And but you don't see anyone falling, so you sense he's probably up there. And Pugsy, yeah, you've you've made it up there. And let me tell you what you see when you get up there. So when you arrive, 
you find yourself in a little, like about a 10 foot by 10 foot area, little opening behind the waterfall, carved rock, very, you know, a lot of water splashing. It's really noisy in there because you can, you're at the echo from the waterfalls thundering throughout this little room. And you notice. Sorry. That sounds exactly like the water in the last adventure we did. So, <laughs> did we mix it up a little? No, that's all that you get. Water. <laughs> so, Pugsley, you would notice two large stone doors um, right, right at the far part of this room. And that's all you notice. So there's... Uh, really anything immediately noticeable that I could tie a rope off to. Doesn't so, okay. Like. So, give me a, give me a roll on a D20. Let's have a higher roll be better. I rolled a 20. Pugsley, you find the most, based upon your looking all around, you find the most amazing rock that's coming out of the ground, which is just screaming, tie a rope around me. <laughs> well, I better do as it's asking and tie the rope around it. That's right. It's not going to wait forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've done that, Pugsley. So, yes, you've tied it, and you feel, you feel pretty confident that that is a pretty secure attachment. Okay. I'll tie it off and throw the rest back down the trail for, the, for these guys to come up. Okay, give me, uh, so um, tell me, so you're throwing it down. Give me a roll on a D20. We'll say, so, so lower is better because I'm going to base it off of your deck. So you're tossing this thing down now. Okay, 11. Not bad, 17. So, okay, so you see, just all of a sudden you see, ladies and gentlemen, down below, you see out of kind of this, you know, this waterfall area, all of a sudden you just see hurtling through the air. This, you're not sure if it's a creature, some monster, but as it's getting closer, it appears to be a rope. And it lands on the path and kind of slides down, and it's about 20 feet away from you. Once it's it kind stops, of, I'll say, look out below. <laughs> yeah, so you all duck, and then when you look, you, you see a rope which has sort of landed about 20 feet because there's a little bit of hanging over the side, you know. It's, it, it wasn't an amazing throw. So there it sits, 20 feet up. I climb up towards the rope. Okay, who is that? That's Dandy. Dandy. Oh, Dandy, you are a thief too. All right. Dandy, give me a percentile roll. And I know it's only 20 feet, so that's not far. I will take that into account. Give me a percentile roll. 13. Oh, Dandy, like, springs up and has the rope. I climb the rest of the way holding the rope. Okay. Dandy, um, that is uh, not a problem. You are up because you, you're a thief. You're, you've got the rope. Um, before, you, before you get all the way up, is there some way to wriggle around the rope so it'll... Uh, be less uh, high up for us, uh, for the rest of us to get up to it. I fix the rope behind me. Is that okay. possible? Um, yeah, give me a, uh, sure, just give me a dex check. So D20. Seven. I'm sorry? Is that Dandy? Uh, yeah, so Dandy, please roll a D20 for me. Lower is better. 
There's, yes, you got it. So Dandy hurls it down, and basically it just lands right on top of you, Mildred. So yeah, so so there's so you've got the rope all the way down now. I start to climb uh, right up to it. Okay, that's Mildred. Yes, that's sorry, that's Mildred. Got it, got it. All right, um, all right, Mildred. Just if you could give me, you're not a thief, so if you could give me a dex check, please, D twenty. You're looking for low. I got a nine. Let me check. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're 50. you're fifty. Oh yeah, you're fifty. You're good. All right, Mildred, you you make it up. So it's a little bit tight and slippery. Some oohs and ahs, or I guess there's only one person below now. Some ooh and ah, and you are up. All right, Aslan would uh, bring up the rear. Okay, all right, Aslan, you know the drill. All right. Dex check. 11. Okay, so Aslan is definitely a close call, right? There's a point in time Aslan is, like, hanging over, and she's like, I got it, I got it. <laughs> and she's, she's dangling over, and it's, it's rough. But okay, so ladies, gentlemen, you are all up in this 10-foot area. Very loud, so you notice immediately, like, when you start talking to each other, it's like, what? What did you say? I can't hear you. But what you see is you see an alcove of rough stone, 10 feet across and probably about, actually more like about 5 feet deep. The sounds of the waterfall echoing throughout. The walls appear wet and slimy. You see two stone doors, each 5 foot wide and 10 feet tall and rounded at the top are at the east end of this alcove. They're intricately carved with images of demons and dragons. In the center of each door is a face looking somewhat like a gross toad. The doors appear quite, quite heavy. And that is all you see. What do you do? First thing, Eslan will uh, pull up the rope and coil it around the rock in which it's fastened to. Very good. Done. Is that the grog line? Wait a minute. The... <laughs> grog line. Wait, well, yeah, what did you say? So someone you call, phoning in for help? I oh, got it. Okay. You, you suck. What does that mean? <laughs> I was sure like, that. Angry viewers. I would, like to, I would like to examine the edge of the door and the area in front of it for traps. Got it. I will, since you will not, and, and that was Pugs, it sounded like Pugsley, right? Or no? Was that Dandy. That was my apologies, Dandy. Pugsley will uh, supervise. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Dandy, I will do that role because you will not know if you are unsuccessful and you should have been. But so I will give a percentile roll. It looks like you are a 40% on find and remove traps. Okay. So Dandy is looking around very closely, looking at everything. And uh, Dandy, in your professional opinion, there are no traps on this door or in this area right in front of it. So Pugsley, would you like to perform a second opinion? I step back. I think that might be a good idea. Oh, okay. All right, Pugsley. Looks Could like. Hurt, right? I'm sorry. Couldn't hurt. Exactly. Actually, right. could right? Isn't, don't they say don't yeah, take two com don't take two <laughs> compasses to see because one could you don't know which one's right. So there you go. But yeah, and you well. could 
You could trigger it, the trap action, perhaps, Bad right? Details. <clears throat> Bad. Is, is the answer in first edition A and D and D it couldn't hurt ever? That's correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just that's not the spirit. Um, okay. So so Pugsley, you so you're searching around and you feel something. And you wave Dandy over and you're like, Did you see this? And you're just messing with him. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not a trap. So no, in your <laughs> professional opinion, it is not trapped. You, you you think Dandy? You think Dandy was correct? Yeah, I, no. I'd have to concur. We're trapless. Okay. All right. What Eslin, you guys? Eslin's going to attempt to light a torch. Uh, I don't know if we can in such a wet environment and search for secret doors or a secret passage in this alcove. Okay. Excellent. All right. Um, Esland, so it is having just having been reading The Hobbit and knowing that it's difficult to light fires in wet conditions. You bring up a good point. So um, you're going to try to light a torch. Um, give me a d20. Higher is better. I don't know what you're. Oh, 17. Oh, yeah. So Esland is able to light a torch despite the wet conditions and the water coming in. And so who's going to. Okay, so we got a torch. So who's doing this? Is Esleen, are you doing the searching then? Were you handing the torch off, laying the torch down? On, on uh, I'm, I'm holding the torch and searching for doors with my half-elven abilities to do so. Okay, I'm just going to let you know that if you're holding the torch and you're only using one hand to search, I'm going to give you a penalty for that because you would get the sense that you're not as good as – you're about a half-ability. Oh, oh, all right. Four. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll hand that over to uh, Dandy. Uh, Dandy. Okay. All right. I will roll that for you. So Eslian is elfing the alcove. Um, Eslian, you you do not find anything. I mean, you do, of course, locate that, you know, in the middle of these two doors, nothing secret, but it does appear that, you know, these two doors are, are, you know, would open possibly. So they're not sealed or anything like that. Um, and there, you, you would notice, um, too, that there does seem to be, there is a handle, uh, carved on the doors, but you don't find any secret ways in, in this alcove. Okay. Well, I see she we says, go for it then. Yeah. She, she's excited. Let's find some undead. And she pulls out her mace plus one. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> All right. What are you doing? All right. So Esteline is standing in front of the doors, mace drawn. What are you guys doing? Two separate doors or is it one set of double doors? It is. It is. It is. Well, it's one set of double doors. So you're right. One set of double doors. Um, Have we determined whether it was locked while we were looking for traps? I do not think anyone. Is there a keyhole? There is no keyhole. Okay. Well, um, I push and or pull on the door slightly to see which way it opens. Okay. So the sense you get, so you go to grab it, and the sense you get is it looks like it it, it gives a very little bit of pull, like it would open outwards toward you. But you can tell this thing seems very, very heavy. 
I will very try by limited. myself to open it. Oh, and I will mention too that when and who's this who's trying to open it? Dandy. Dandy. Okay. So Dandy, you're gonna try to open it. Let me see. Dandy, you feel like you may have pulled something in your back. Of course I have. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you just sense that this door, wow, it's heavy. I think it's a little bit heavier than I thought, guys. <clears throat> well, Esleen looks at it, and is there a way to fasten the, she will uncoil the rope, if there's a way to fasten it around the door handle and use the rock in which the rope is tied to as like a, a pulley some sort of uh we all get on the rope and pull isn't there a lever here somewhere there's a, there's there's a door handle and 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 pugsley you would notice too that being a dwarf you would notice that these doors look like they may be a little bit askew and and that would cause real difficulty trying to open them because oh, they're so just they they're going to be at made. like a, I'm sorry go ahead so they're not dwarven made they are not dwarven made <laughs> oh yeah no that's right that's right you're appalled <laughs> like really these things can't last a hundred years yeah they're, they appear to be human made <laughs> this has got human fingerprints all over it figuratively yeah that. We're probably going to have to try, like Esley uh, and said, and see if we can get a rope hooked up to it and all yank on this thing. Okay. Is that, that what you're doing? Yeah, the idea is yeah. to get the rope tied to the door and then looped around the rock, and then we get behind the rock and pull and use the rock as, like, a lever. Um. I'm not sure if I'm being clear on how uh, I'm picturing this. Yeah, well, actually, I am. I'm bad at that stuff, but I actually do picture it, right? I mean, you're... so so what you're tying it to the rock. So you put it to the handle, tying it to the rock, right? Well, well, yeah, looping it around the rock, right? And then getting like behind the rock and pulling uh, the rope, so yeah. that the rock takes like the the brunt of it, right? So, you know, just noticing, okay, yeah, and just, just to let you guys know, you know, you guys are pretty wimpy. I got to, what, a strength of 10, nothing personal, strength of <laughs> other things, strength of 10, strength of 10, strength of five. Pugsley's the strongest of the group, and he's a, he's a 13. So, um, all right, so you're going you're gonna to do a pull, then try to pull it by using this rope here. So basically getting all four of your strengths, if I'm understanding it correctly. And using the rock as a pulley, if it's lined up to do so. Oh, yes, I see what you're saying. Yes, I see, I see what you're saying. Right, so you'd be like around the other side then, kind of. And yes. Yeah, I like, got like you. our backs to the door. Okay, all right. Um, you start pulling. It's insanely heavy. I'll give you, I'll give you a percentile roll, so maybe Pugsley as... The leader, perhaps you want to give me a percentile roll, and sure. I'm telling you, it's going to need to be a five or below. Holy cow! You said fifty-one or below, right? 
<laughs> I, I don't know. James can play it back. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think you said 95 or below because uh, <laughs> we need to get, yeah, we need to get below five. Yeah. So you. So so. So well, this, this is all we wrote, actually. So this is good. I'm actually typing the module as you guys are waiting. So this is good. Keep going, because uh, and Mil- and Mildred and and Mildred, when this is happening too, is heavy. So you just sort of sense your innate magicy sense. You feel like, wow, this is kind of crazy. This seems like not. I know we're weak. You're saying to yourself, but are we really that weak? I uh, hmm. I do have a scroll of uh, of knock. Uh, we might be uh, we might have to use it. I suppose there's something about this door that's off. It's that shoddy human design. <laughs> human doors are so bad. You got to use a knock spell. <laughs> And we failed the, the attempt. We failed the, the the roll under five, I suppose. Yeah, and 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 you're getting the sense that even even Pugsley, you're getting the sense that it moved so small that, and with your strength, I gotta tell you, you're not feeling it. You're you're kind of scratching your head. You're not getting the sense that more of this would work. Yeah in our wheels here. Might there be some sort of uh, command word to open it? Is, that, is there something uh, in how the... Uh, there's no writing, no symbols, no glyphs uh, anywhere near the door? So, okay, so you go up and you search, and all you see, no, you, you do, unfortunately you do not see anything that would look like a command word, no writing. What you see is you see all these designs of dragons and demons... Uh, which I only I love only in D and D is like yeah okay, uh, dragons and demons no one cares dragons and demons, and then you got these two toad like like demon like toad like faces that do protrude out kind of looking at you I don't mean they're not following you like with their eyes, but these two, cardio you know, uh, protruding out, reliefs basically like heads on, one on each door yeah the reliefs right in front of the Relief. door Thank I, you. I push them. I tried pushing the protruding uh, part of the door. Okay. So the, the, the minute that you push on the protruding part, on, on the toad face on the right, all of a sudden you hear a little kind of almost a little noise, like movement, and slowly the right-hand door slides open about nice. two feet. And you feel rushing out kind of this wind drive kind of you know pressure of air coming out smelling very kind of musty and old and then it just stops well there you go um so and, and there, there's another one on the on the left side uh uh toad as well uh, there is yes so i i repeat the same maneuver there nothing happens there so only worked on the right-hand one, but it is enough for you to get through and get into uh, whatever lies beyond. Was it who was it? Was it Dandy or Pugsley who had a torch lit? Or was it? it was Esley and did it, and I think Dandy was holding. I have it. a bullseye lantern too that 
I could light. Yeah, I'll, I'll take my torch back if, uh, and okay. then we'll have a torch and the bullseye lantern. But Elslin, uh, Elslin will step forward with her holy symbol into the door and command that all evil part from our ways in the name of her patron deity, Evren. Got it. So Elslin makes this, says this, and you just hear quiet. Very. I mean, you can still, of course, hear behind you the waterfall, but you don't hear anything coming from in front of you. And what does what does she see? So you poke in. Okay, so you you were like looking through there as you do it with 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 the putting the torch in there. That's correct. And my holy symbol. Got it. Torch and the holy symbol. Right. So, Esleen, as you look in there, and your torch kind of engulfs this area. You see sort of what looks to be a circular room, probably about 30 feet across, probably about 30 feet high, carved out of the living rock. You don't see any exit. The only thing you see on the far end of this room, and and you would see what's – when you look, when you put your torch in there, you see sort of like this – going up against this wall, this enormous shadow, this enormous creature. But then you would notice that it's really just the shadow being cast from your torch of what appears to be a 10-foot-high statue of a creature just standing there. You're not sure if it's a statue or it's real, but it's motionless. And it looks, you've, you've been around the block. This looks like an ogre. And his hands are raised, and he's got a club, and he doesn't seem to be wearing anything other than a loincloth. Typical ogre, warty bumps all over him. But what's what you do notice is he's all gray. You know, ogres, you know, are all varying colors, often bright colors. He's just all stone-colored, standing there, and that's all you see. All right, I'll step back, and I believe a party member had a question. Uh, yeah, I, do I have infravision or not? Oh, who is this? Dandy, Dandy. the tall fellow halfling. Oh, Dandy's a tall fellow. Do tall? Hang on, let me see. Oh yes, the classic tall fellow debate. I no. think. That, well, I think they. I think they. They don't. Right? It's only. It's the ones only that live. Stouts. Only huh? stouts. I think only stouts do. Yes, I don't have an ratio abilities. You are keen eared. I think I would have put that down if, okay. if you had it. So I think the answer to that is is no. And also remember, ladies and gentlemen, with infravision, if you've got, of course, uh, light around, it won't work. You'd have to adjust. And remember, your infravision, of course, is only going to pick up differing heat sources as opposed to full see in the dark. Uh, so sorry, steps back. She steps back and explains. Uh, describes what she sees, this uh, gray-warded figure of an ogre that may be stone standing in front of the door. Is it right in front of the door, or, or is it like in the middle of the, of the uh, circular room? Uh, it was actually it's on the far end. So as oh. in you would know, yes, yeah, so it's 30-foot uh, circular room, no exit, and uh, this, whatever it was, this ogre was on the far end. 
So directly opposite where you were standing, Essien, from the entrance. <clears throat> did you happen to see any stairs behind it by chance? Essien did not. Essien noticed nothing else. It just seemed to be a round circular chamber, no way out with what appeared to be this gray ogre. Uh, perhaps we I would get like the bullseye to listen. Or... Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Billy. I would like to listen and see if I can hear any movement from that ogre or in the room in general. Excellent. And, um, Billy, you're dandy, right? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, and you are keen-eared. So I will roll that for you because you won't know if there was something making noise that you didn't hear it. Let me roll for you. So dandy gets down, says... Now, you know, the problem, too, is keep in mind that you got this waterfall behind you, but the good news is you can get your ear. I don't know if this is good news or not. You can put your ear, you know, in, basically, in where the door is to kind of get rid of some of that noise. You've taken off any headgear you've had. You listen. Nothing. Not even breathing. Nothing. And you're pretty good at hearing. I mean, this room doesn't look like it's been disturbed in a very long time. Like I it. creep back to the group and report that I did not hear anything. I think it was probably just a statue. I entered the room. Can I see to find out? Door. Okay. Going in. All right. So as you enter the room, it is as Eslian described. And um, there you stand. It appears that this is, in fact, a statue. So this ogre is not moving. He's got a grim look on his face. As I mentioned, hands in the air, you know, like this. One's holding a club, almost like he's defending himself. And he's very intricately detailed. So you would be particularly um, uh, Pugsley, whereas that door was an embarrassment in terms of construction. <laughs> this Ogre is the exact opposite. You are extreme. Whoever did this was very good because the details are amazing. Does it look like it could be a real ogre that has been turned to stone? That's just uh, what I was going I, to. It is, it, 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 is, it is so good that that certainly would, would be a possibility. It's great, craft, it's great craftsmanship. Yeah, some All of the right. best you've ever seen. You've never seen a better ogre statue. Is this why I have a mirror? <laughs> you like looking at yourself, Wits. Yeah, right. That's not why you have the mirror, Dandy. You have the mirror simply to look at yourself, yes. I would like to examine <laughs> slash search the room. Okay, and who's that? I'm sorry. Dandy. Dandy, all right. So Dandy is going to start searching the room. Where are you searching? Just basically... Everywhere? The edge of the room, uh, looking for secret doors or things that uh, are going to try to kill us that we missed. Okay. And I, I will follow close behind with the torch, and I will try to also search <clears throat> the same area. Okay. Um, my base away. Okay. Are there doors here? Did, did I miss that? Uh, okay. No, no, it's just a circular, circular room. The doors you came in, and the statue opposite the doors you came in. Okay, I, I would like to start searching around the statue and see if possibly there is a hidden entrance or if it's the trigger to something. 
Uh, you search the statue itself or search the area of the statue? Yeah. Uh, both. Well, describe, describe your searching. You're going to be searching around the statue. Well, first I want to look very closely at the statue uh, to try again to see if it was, you know, possibly a real ogre. And then I'll look and see, like, its equipment. And then yeah. I'll search the floor around him and see if maybe there's a trap door or some sort of trigger for something. Okay. And is this, who is this? Is this Dandy? Dandy, sorry. So, 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 okay. So, Dandy, when you get up and look very closely, yeah, your, your sense is telling you there's a really, there's like a 90% chance, in your opinion, that this was a real ogre because it is just so well done. All you see is it's got a loincloth and it's got a club. I mean, it's a big club, um, but that's it. Mm. Um, and then when you start searching, right? Behind, Dandy, you get the sense that you think there might be something here. All of a sudden, you start to hear crackling. And all dive, the, dive. Uh, you dive. Every, okay, you dive. All of a sudden, you start seeing color starts coming to this statue. And hold on a second. I need an, and you can sense, you just hear crackling, crackling, crackling. It is coming to flesh. I need to make, I need to make a roll. And so. All of a sudden, it comes more and more and more, and now you notice it is apparently a live ogre. So you see this ogre. He has yellow and orange. He's yellow. He's got orange and black wart. He bumps all over his body. He is a dull, dark, green, stringy hair, shoulder length. This is, he's uh, coming to color. And he all of a sudden screams, Stone Fest! What do you do? I go sleep on him. I oh. take out my sword and my dagger, and okay. I would like to attack this thing. All right, so okay. now it's, so we're going to initiative, basically. You guys was are. Was there enough time when it was coming to life, so to speak, that I could have maneuvered around behind it? Uh, I think. Well, I'll leave that to you, James. Well, I mean, the problem is he's. He's right at the back of the door or the back of the wall area there that uh, Dandy was in. So Dandy was kind of, you know, trying to look behind it. He, he's small, obviously. And when he got, as he was searching, whether he brushed up against the creature, or the statue, or whether he, something caused the thing to start animating. Dandy backed up, drew his weapon. So you, you couldn't really get behind okay. it at this point. If we can at least spread out, then one of us could could negate his dexterity bonus or something. Yeah. You all can be bonus. pretty much where you want to be in relation, except behind the <laughs> now animating ogre, because you know the wall is circular and he's he's behind, he's like right in front of it. So you uh, when we're going to go into combat, so uh, Billy, you start. Tell me what you're going to do, and you can tell me. Remember, this room is about it's a thirty uh, foot diameter circle room, and the doors are on one side, and the ogre that's reanimating is on the other side. So, just tell me what your action is and uh, where you'd like to be. 
I will be to the ogre's left. Okay. And I will move in with sword and dagger to attack. Okay, great. All right, Brian? I also, uh, uh, opposite of the club hand, so I guess that would be the left-hand side of the ogre, um, drop the torch and pull out the mace. All right. Uh, Mildred, I think I heard you say you're going to cast a spell. Yes, I'm going to cast sleep. I don't really remember how many hit dies uh, uh, an ogre is, but I'll take my chances. Okay, I love it. And uh, uh, Craig? Good, good night party. <laughs> I'm going to sit down. Uh, I, had somewhere, I had somewhere to go, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, way, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of in the middle of the room, uh, right uh, between the door and the ogre. Okay. And, and I'd just like to mention, since right, you, the torch was dropped, right, which I mean I think is, is correct, I just had this image then of these shadows on the wall of this combat, you know, with, with people yeah. swinging and stuff. I'll set down the, uh, the lantern and pull out slingy my sling and get ready to do some slinging. All right. <laughs> All right, sling. great. So, uh, so, Billy, you're in the box, so you roll... Uh, initiative, I mean, three. yep, so you rolled the three, okay, and he rolled a four, and what you, what you notice, too, is, um, so, Danny's to the, Danny and Esselin are up front, basically, with Pugsley, correctly, Mildred's kind of in the back, is that fair to say? Yeah. He, you notice that this is one of the most he is moving at a very, you know, you've, you've all dealt with ogres before and he is just swinging wildly, uh, at, at a, at a pace that you have never seen an ogre move at. Okay. So much more quickly than an ogre. Yes. Yes. Like mm. he's, uh, like he's, uh, he's been hitting the crack pipe or something that, uh, <laughs> he's a crack. <laughs> And he'd be yelling very quickly, too, throughout all this, Stone Fist, I will kill you! That's it. So uh, so I'm going to make a random roll who he's going to strike. Uh, one, to th- one, two, Dandy, three, four, Esalen, uh, five, six, Pugsley. So he, uh, he's actually going to turn his attention to Esalen, the studious. What's your armor class? Uh, armor class is three. Armor class three. Okay. So, yeah. Ooh, barely stra- barely hits, Esslin. Uh, barely damaged too. No, just well, we we don't know yet. That part we don't know. We know. We do know that, and the club strikes down. Actually, you can roll the d10. I'll let you do your own damage. All right. Okay. Uh, roll to five. That's how much damage you take. Okay. And 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 at this and, and Im- immediately after hitting you, he swings at you again. Oh, strikes for uh, I rolled actually rolled a twenty. Good news, we don't do double damage here. So just roll another d ten. Six this time. So you've taken another blow. You see this rapid successions of blows, uh, and that is uh, that is his attack. So I'm going to do it. Uh, so Dandy, uh, you went. Uh, you're you, you guys uh, lost, but you were in the box. You get to attack first. 
Okay. And that was with sword and dagger. Okay. Okay, I, ro I rolled a two for the sword. That's definite miss. That is definitely a miss. And I rolled an 11, which minus one in my offhand is a 10. Un uh, unless it's armor class eight or worse, I missed it also. Yes, you've unfortunately, the terror of seeing an ogre striking rapidly uh, caused your uh, rolling to miss, unfortunately. So, Brian, it's up to you. You are going to attack as well, is correct? Yes, Eslian grunts in pain after being smashed by the club and screams out, Bones will break you, and swings <laughs> the mace, and misses with a seven. That's, that is definitely a miss. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Mildred, you cast your spell. Yes, and... I, I, uh, I looked at the, uh, there is a, uh, like a 15-feet radius, uh, which I hadn't really... Uh, uh, thought about. So I, I, I'll move back just enough steps uh, so that, and I'll put the center uh, right at the ogre. So it'll be, uh, it'll go like I, halfway into the room or something. Yeah, you, 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 you're smart enough to not put yourself in the sleep spell, but it's going to be a little difficult for your. How about for the your rest of us? For your compatriots. <laughs> nice rest. All right. So roll. So first off, roll four d four for me, because the way I do this is let's see what you get. Uh, now, uh, Esling, what level are you? Fourth level. Okay. Uh, Dandy, what level are you? Three, three. Okay. And uh, Pugsley's fifth level, correct? Yeah. I got a nine. You got a nine total? Yes. Nine. Okay, so, so you, you barely, uh, with that, that would have been equal to a three or four. So one of them is asleep. Now we're just going to have to, so uh, Pugsley would not be asleep because... He's fifth level, but the rest of you are fourth level. You're all equal uh, in level to to the ogre. So I'm going to let you, Mildred, roll. One to two, it's Dandy. Three to four, it's Eslin. Uh, five to six, it's the ogre. And does Eslin have some resistance? To yes. Play? Now, if it yeah. does target, because you're a half-elf, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, 30%. so if it does target, you get 33% chance that you would roll. So you want to roll a five or six? Hey, at least it wasn't a fireball. That's right. <laughs> that's later. Walk to the bright. So that's, that's dandy. So you you you're, you you watch. Uh, well, you don't watch. You hear the incantations. You you sense uh, sand being written, and all of a sudden, dandy goes. Night, guys. Mildred. She is mad. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> All right. That, that woman's crazy. <laughs> She's crazy. So, uh, Pugsley, you, uh, uh, it's up, you're, it's on you now. Um, am I close enough? Could I just give old Dandy a boot and wake him up? Well, if you want to, if you, um, I'm not, sh I'll, what's your, uh, give me a wisdom check to see if you even notice. Cause you know, you're, you're, you were just about to fight this ogre. Okay. Uh, and, and you may not notice that Dandy, who's, I mean, shorter than you, has fell down. I rolled a 12. Okay, so you can, if you want to tr spend your action uh, waking up Dandy, you can do that. Okay, I'll do that. Um, but <laughs> while you're doing that, you're kind of shaking, and if you get attacked by the ogre next round, he'll probably be at a plus if you lose initiative. Because you're not just okay. kicking him. You're like, you know, this, well, this is magic. Well, harder to hit dwarves anyway, yeah. so, so it'll balance out. Yeah, it's, it won't be that bad. I mean, he'll still get a minus two probably. But you're, you're basically bending okay. down trying to 
rouse him. Okay, great. So that's this round. So, uh, Brian, you're in the box now. What what action are you going to do? You're definitely not feeling well after being struck by this very agitated ogre. Who's um, reaching in and pulling out spell components for hold person. Okay. If would I, would I recognize this as a monster or a person? You would know this is a monster. Okay, so I will not do hold person. <laughs> <laughs> so I will. Uh, Don't cast it on me. Scream out in pain. Don't be a Mildred. That's the T-shirt. Yeah, so I'll scream out in pain and rush in and scream for bones to break bones again. Okay. Um, and so, uh, Martin, what 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 new trick are you going to pull out for Mildred? Scare. I'll call scare. scare on the and this time it's it's specifically on, on one target creature. So I'll okay. I'll, uh, I'll make sure not to to pick any of my. Uh, uh, Companions this time, so I'll I'll just move in a few steps, so I'll, so I'll be in a, the ten foot range, and I'll cast scare. Okay, great. Uh, you're going to try to cast scare, uh, Craig. You're uh, you have you now. If you win initiative, you'll be able to do something and attack. Uh, Billy Dandy is is going to basically take this round to I assume get up at this point because you've kind of. You slide down, you know, you just kind of fell, get your weapons and get back up. Is that correct? Unless you want to do something that else. That's okay. all I can think of to do right now. All right. So, Craig, you're going to attack if you get the chance? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Am I too close to use my sling? Uh, yeah. You're, you're right in the thick of it right now. You'd have to, you could back away a few feet and try to do that. Um, but as you are right now, you, you're, you're in melee combat. All right, if I try and back up a little, is he going to get a swing no, on me? No, oh, well, you know, it, it really depends. Right now, Outside, it looks like it looks like he's focused right now on uh, Eslian, but that may change uh, now that you're in in the field of view. But uh, I mean, so if you if if you want to try to use your sling, it may work. Um, you know, right now you're in melee with with the with the ogre. Yeah, I'll try and take. A few steps back so I can use my sling if possible. Okay, great. So, uh, Brian, you're in the box. I rolled a five for the ogre. Uh, well, one. All right. So the ogre's ogre one again. Uh, let's see. So he sees you kind of sneaking off uh, as after you woke the halfling. The halfling is blood out on the floor, and then there's less than. So I'll still give it the same thing. One to two, it's uh, Dandy, three to four, Eslin, five to six, Pugsley. Oh, he likes you, Eslin. He's like awesome. It's <laughs> like uh, Brian had something else to do today. So uh, let's see. Ooh, eighteen. Roll a d10. Oh, All right. Get killed by a crack over. Oh, Eslin uh, rolls a nine. Oh, zero oh. hit points. Oh, you watch Eslin oh. collapse down. Oh, she gets struck horribly. So after seeing the half-elf being crushed by this giant uh, club, uh, she then uh, attempts to strike either the halfling or, well, probably he's going to go after the dwarf since the dwarf is the one still moving. As uh, So I'm going to roll that. What's your armor class? Four. Four. He is uh, misses. Wildly swings in rage. 
You know, Stone Fist, you die too. And misses. All right. So, Brian, you're going to sit there on the ground bleeding, correct? <laughs> yes. Okay. Crushed bones and all. Uh, Mildred, you cast, you're uh, able to cast your spell. Uh, and so I have to make a saving throw for the creature. Oh, he rolled a two. So he's, uh, he is now frightened and he drops, he drops his club and and is now cowering in the back, trying to get away, you know, trying to, don't hurt me. Stop. Keep that crazy woman away from me. (laughs) She's insane. Am I like a mastiff's club away from him? (laughs) Well, he's keep him away. She's crazy. She's trying to kill all those. Don't promise anything. Uh, Okay, so who's down? Uh, uh, The the cleric is down. Yes, the cleric has collapsed. Yes. Oh, so the only one who has. uh, Okay. Um, We're screwed. So, 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 the, so just to recap, the ogre has now kind of – there's no real corner, but has, you know, kind of slinking away. I, I'm going to say moving away from the party. You all were kind of right in front of it. So he is now in the northwest part of the circle room, and as long as you don't get near him, he's kind of just cowering, staying away from that evil woman who has uh, scared him with some terrible thoughts. How long does that spell last? Three to twelve rounds. Um, so it'll be enough for for me to to take care of the wounds, uh, the cleric's wounds, and make sure he doesn't bleed out. All right. Well, you, you, if you you guys bind his wounds, he's at zero. I take I the no club and throw it down the hallway, out of the room, down the waterfall. Okay. Well, combat's currently over. So Dan, you got this at this point. So you see him cowering in the back. Yeah, and he's so he's just he's blubbering, and he's Sorry. like, "Oh, Stone Fist, oh, you did it, did it again." You Listen to me, again. Ogre. What? You know, we will we will promise to let you be if you leave us alone. We have no, we are not uh, allied with Stone Fist. We uh, uh, he seems like uh, a bad person. I don't, uh, we don't have anything to do with him. If you're an enemy of Stone Fist, we uh, then you're no enemy of ours. Well, 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 you're, you're, you don't you don't work for Stone Fist? Hell no! No, no, no! Why, why did you? And his, his comment is very kind of broken. So you have but a scared. hard time. He's scared see. and broken. He's scared and broken. <laughs> why did you? Why, Sounds why like Mildred. You, <laughs> I mean, uh, Elsland. <laughs> why, why, why did you attack me then? We why didn't attack you. You attacked us. Yes. Let's, let's not quibble on details. I don't understand why he would attack me if you're not with Stone Fist, you liars. You're with Stone Fist. And he, he starts crawling toward the door. The, the double doors you went through. Yes. 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 And he starts trying to squeeze through. He's, he's like no. getting stuck. I because you let him go. Very much. He can't get through. He's like, uh, uh. enough to open that. He's like, uh, uh, can we open the door from no, this we, side? I don't think we can. It was very heavy. Do we have any backstabbing thief alive and kicking with a... Do you want me to? 
Just let's, let's put him up. Backstab in, or does he know I'm here? So that's a no go. I mean, right, you, you can you can tr you can certainly try. I'm, I'm not going to say it's automatic, but he's he's focused on trying to get out the door. I, well, I, okay, I guys. Do you want to fight him again, or do you want to try to help him get away? And just to let you know, as he's blubbering, you're hearing him say things like, I'm coming for you, Stone Fist. I'll, get, I'll find you. Just let him go. I'd say we just let him go. Can I try to open the doors a little bit to help him squeeze out? He's probably going to. All right, so everyone's kind of, yeah, so, so if everyone sort of pushes and, you know, someone, I guess, I mean, I know what you're pushing is his large bum. And oh, gotta, I'm not touching any ogre butt. All right, well. You know. I'll touch you because I don't care. <laughs> he's, he's been there before. <laughs> so, so, so I left that out of the backstory as a matter of courtesy. So yeah, all right. He's you push and push and 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 he, he pops out Ew. and he just kind of gets up and you hear him go running down, huh? I tell him good luck. Okay, can you yeah. give me? Who said that? Who wishes him good luck? Andy. Andy, can you roll me a d20? You're doing a dex check for Grunch. 18. Did you just hear... Ah! Oh, and a big splash. The last you hear of Grunch. Hopefully he can swim. I'll reach the bottom. <laughs> after a while, after a while you, don't hear, you, know, you don't hear anything about whether he drowned or... I mean, he kind of fell into the thing and... The waterfall is kind of going over the doors, so it's it's hard for you to hear what's going on. I so, have a question. Uh, would our fearless leader Pugsley, uh, the pilferer, the sly, know of any of them, the items in which Elslin has? Oh so, yeah, sure. I mean, you guys, yes, absolutely. I mean, your Tomb Raiders, your team, you would know what everyone's got. Okay, so perhaps Pugsley would be uh, pilfering around into my oh yeah you get, uh, like, items yeah. and maybe not stealing them. <laughs> well, you know, well, I, you know uh, I remember uh, this as I'm getting ready to shove you into the big hole. <laughs> yeah, as well, I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're unconscious. There's nothing you can do. That's right. All right, so I can tell you, Pugsley, when you are uh, pilfering, I mean, searching Aslan. Uh, you see what a cloak, belt, boots, backpack, skin for water, garlic, wax, holy symbol. Let me see. You signed, you signed, oh, two potions. You find a scroll, a scroll, and uh, some holy water, a journal. Let's crack one of those potions open and you, stuff yeah, and down you, the throat. And you would, you would remember, Pugsley, because you guys would do an inventory before you went, Pugsley, you would know that those are two potions of extra healing. Okay, yeah, let's get let's uh, pour one down his throat. Okay. I'll be back. Okay, so all right, so you, you pour a potion of extra healing down Eslian's throat, and uh, what is that? You can roll for James. What is that? Uh, it's the... extra healing, you, the whole potion. So 3d8. Brian, you can all just right. roll. Brian, roll 3d8. You get whatever you get out of it. 3d8 plus 3. Uh, yeah, sure. I think it's just straight 3d8, <laughs> but I'll give you plus 3. Uh, how about plus 5? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it's three D. If you drink one third of it, you just get the D eight, and if you drink the whole thing, I you think get you're the right. Plus. Yeah, if you shove it the whole thing down, I think you're right. Okay. That is correct. See, that's why we play the game. Okay. What is it? Three D eight plus three. It's three D. If you drink the whole thing, it's three D eight plus three. And you can do it in thirds. Then it's only D eight. Oh, 
Wow. So the whole thing, I would get a total. I, I rolled a twenty plus the three is twenty three, and my max is twenty. Okay, nice. that was a good I potion. Don't, I don't know how you're going to adjudicate <clears throat> how I can operate after this, but I'm up to max hit points. Yeah, you're fine for today. Yeah, you're good to go. Okay. And so, Esleen, you saw like a you saw a bright light in the distance, <laughs> and you were heading toward it, and you saw Erevan Ilisir, the Elven God of mischief and change holding out a hand and just as you were about to reach that hand you felt pulled back and you're back in a little room that's noisy with water and, and, there you and, and there's a dwarf in your pockets and there's a dwarf <laughs> yeah a dwarf is his hand in your pocket no no the, the, i'm done with that you feel like yeah, he, you feel like you've been pilfered you feel like you've been violated, and, and, there, and there's just <laughs> and there's just wet liquid all over your face. So yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> right. What happened? That's what you got. That's what you came back for. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I remember an ogre club, and right. then this. Right. That's right. That's the last thing. Why? You know. Why did you come back for this? I don't think right. so. You're you're hoping you're hoping that they revived you on the way out. It's <laughs> not true. Yeah, is it done? No, we still got plenty to go through. And ladies and gentlemen, just to remind you, you do, of course, have a map. Well, once my head clears, I'm going to go over and check. Well, look at the map and check um, around where that ogre was standing. Well, and Dandy. Yeah, and Dandy. Not, okay, got you. So, so and, and Dandy, as you might recall, all hell broke loose. Right as you felt behind the ogre on the wall, you felt like there may have been some sort of door there. And that's immediately when the ogre started animating. I would like to examine that area again. Got it. So Dandy's over there. Esleen is over there. And torch. Got it. (laughs) Got it. And what you notice is it appears, so both Esleen and Dandy, Together, you decide that it looks like there is a almost like a stone veneer. Uh, you don't know how thick, but almost like a stone veneer covering that if it could somehow be removed, destroyed, there must be you sense there's something behind it. But you can't figure out how to open it. It doesn't look like there's any opening. Uh, you know, you know secret doors, and you don't see any sort of mechanism. It just—it looks like maybe you just gotta perhaps destroy this thing. Uh, check for a trap first. Got it. We start smacking into it. So who's yeah? So the thieves coming up. So Dandy and Pugsley, I assume. I would also search for traps. Got it. Okay, both Pugsley and Pugsley supervising. Dandy, all, all working under that supervision. Um, Dandy, in your professional opinion, it is not trapped. And Pugsley, in your supervisory capacity, you think Dandy's is correct. Good. Other than that, animate ogre maybe stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Other than that. <laughs> On that crack crackhead ogre, everything else is first for traps. We already triggered it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we know there's a door here. We just see if you can trash it down with your um, 
with the weapons or something. It's your mace or something? Maybe you can break that in here if it's not. I've just got a little tiny sword. I don't think I'm going to be doing that. Well, um, Esland will hand her hammer over to the strong dwarf mm-hmm. and ask him t- uh, to okay. smash away as she steps back. Okay. Yeah, we'll give her a swing. All right. So Pugsley, everyone stands back. You take, and as only dwarves can do, you pick up that big hammer, you you crash it, and you're also saying to yourself, when you saw this thing too, yeah, you're like, yeah, human work, definitely not dwarf work. This ain't gonna be hard. You you and you know right where to hit it. I mean, like Pugsley is like he looks at a corner, and he's like hits the corner. It just collapses. It all just cracks, and it just collapses. And rushing out is like pressure of air coming out with, again, a very old sort of musty smell. All comes rushing past you, heading outside, and you notice then there is an opening. And with the the torch, you see a 10-foot-wide stair descending down. Excellent, Master Dwarf. I'll hand back your mace. All right. Yeah, and how far uh, does it go down? What uh, you're using a torch for light source, and I think you got a bullseye lantern. Yeah. What's the which one's got the most? What's the range? If bullseye anyone lantern, bullseye, is 100 I think feet, I think. Down. Yeah. Okay, 80 feet maybe. Okay, I believe it's 80. Yeah, if you're if, okay. you're, if it's focused. Yep. Yeah, we'll focus it down the stairs. Okay, thank you. So you you send it down the stairs, and you notice that the stairs descend as far as the light source will take you. So it is at least 80 feet down. Okay. And, And like James had mentioned before about this initial chamber, it just seems when you look down there, it looks like no one's been here in a long time. It just looks very undisturbed. And if you don't want to hear anything. If you okay. want to shine the lantern down one side of the stairs, I can go down the other and take point. Okay. Hiding in shadows as you go? That or? way I'm, well, I don't know if I can hide in shadows with a lantern yeah. behind me, but at least I'm not completely in the beam. Yeah. Hopefully. Okay. I would so like to. I guess I won't even bother to, to really sneak, but I will advance down the left hand side of the stairs. Okay. So Dandy's heading down. Is it just you for now, Dandy? Are you doing a scouting mission or is anyone following? Scouting. You? Got it. Okay. All right. So Dandy is heading down. And With so. You're, got your weapon out. Okay. All right, so Danny, you're, you're heading down, and so the torch is—I mean, the bullseye is staying behind you, I think, right? You don't—are you taking the bullseye? I, I was going to let them shine it as I went down the other side of the stairs. Yeah, I'll Got shine it. it down the right side of the stairs. Right side, heading down. Okay, okay. So, Dandy, you head on down, grabbing the right-hand side. It's the the wall is carved out of the stone, so it's pretty rough. It's um, easy going. Uh, the stairs seem a little worn at times. They're cracking. It looks like perhaps from age. So it's a little dangerous, but not much. And you're not noticing anything. 
And so as you know, as the further you get, the darker it gets because you've got so what's interesting is as you get further away, you sense sort of like your infravision is slowly Oh wait, I'm sorry, you're Danny, you don't have infravision. Right. You notice nothing <laughs> happening. <laughs> I don't have Once it gets too dark, I will go back. Okay. So that would be right at about 80 feet. And, you know, you can sense that it, it continues on, right? Because you're at 80 feet. It's not like you're at a door. So you, you don't know how far, but it sense it does continue down more. I'll go back and tell him that I can't see any further. We need to all go at least some way down. Yeah. Or find somebody who can see in the dark. Okay. Not me. And you can tell oh, Dan. I, can I mean, I can see in the dark. Okay. And Dandy, just to let you know, as you head back up, you can notice that on, you know, some of the, some of these steps do, and one in particular seems a little bit, I don't know, a little unstable maybe. I stop and examine that particular step. Okay. So it's hard. I mean, you don't have a lot of light, but you, you're good with your hands. You're, you got a bad feeling about this step. I, I relate that to the guys there. and gals. It's either a trap or a loose step or something, so we need to be careful, extra careful. I would advise avoiding stepping here. Right. Okay, what you guys going to do? We proceed down the stairs. Okay. Uh, we'll avoid the loose step. Shall we do a stand, James? Shall we do a standard? Have them declare a standard marching order? Yeah. For future yeah, and what, for now. And what's, yeah. What's going to be the marching order? Mildred, second to last. Well, I won't take points if I can't see in the dark. Yeah, I can take point. Okay, I'll be behind him. Right, so, so who, who's, what's the order? Who's first? So it's Pugsley, it looks like. Oh, got it. Uh, mm -hmm. Then Dandy. Eslian and Mildred. So Mildred. Oh, no, 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 Mildred, then Eslian in the rear. Oh, yes. Yep. Hey, well, Pugsley. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'll just hand the bullseye lantern to uh, Dandy. Okay. Pugsley, can you, can you give me a roll on a percentile? Let me know the result. Yes, sir. 17. Okay. So as you guys are descending down and you're getting close to that stone that Dandy has warned you about, that he had a, a concern about, Pugsley, your dwarf sense tingles. And you sort of sense that right in that area you're getting the sense that there may be some sort of that that step might be some sort of sliding result cause some sliding or shifting room floor or wall okay can I, i'll hold my hand up to to stop the party and and can i inspect it further is there sure any, does it sure. seem like it's something that could be disarmed or yeah, so so you just get the sense. So, oh, that's right, because you're a thief too. 
Yeah, so you get the sense it can't be disarmed, but the sense you get is there is some sort of stepping on this step you think is would trigger some sort of opening. And you, you sense the mechanism that would do that is is on this step. Okay. I mean, you can try. I mean, you can, if you want to. I mean, you know. So let me see. So if you're gonna try to, let me give you a roll. Oh, yeah, you find it. You're like, yeah, it's it's this, and you could try to disarm it. Certainly, if you wanted to try. Okay. Yes, question first. Uh, uh, is it uh, like the step? Is it uh, how far down the stairs is it? Is it right at the bottom of the stairs, or is it in the middle, or, or where? It's it's about a third of the so, way down. About so it's probably about thirty feet or so down. Thank you. Yeah, let's uh, let's try and disarm it. Okay. All right. I mean, so uh, all right. So, oh, <laughs> zero one. Yeah, Pugsley. Like, yeah, yeah, Pugsley's like, yeah. You just do this. Click. Stupid human disarm. construction. Stupid human. You're like, yeah. This is definitely a trap set by humans. This adventure is going to be easy. This whole tomb was built by humans. This is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> So yes, you've disarmed it, and it looked like yeah. As you step on this, it triggers something, and it would have opened up something, and you would have slid down something. But it, <laughs> you feel quite confident, Bugsley. Yeah. And um, are you and, and Dandy? Are you, did you watch that? You ta- were you taking notes? How that's done? Excellent. Okay. I so, could have <laughs> so, so we'll never know. So yes, it's uh, it, you feel quite calm. It's been disarmed, and everything is fine now. <clears throat> Your professional okay. opinion. I'll I'll relay that and keep moving down the stairs. Okay. All right. Esland uh, would like to mark that spot somehow, in case that we have to make a hasty retreat oh. that we do not uh, trigger it on the way back out. Oh, excellent! Yeah, you watch the adventures of uh, of uh, Pixie and Glades. That's right. <laughs> It's good. Pull out some chalk. Mistake is uh, uh, his. Their mistakes is your learning. Uh, that's what we're there to teach. So, so Pugsley, yeah, you basically take a, a a spike and you have jammed it into this area that seems to cause the thing to trigger. So, as long as you don't kick the spike out, the the trap won't uh, go off. Basically, okay. you've wedged it in so that if a footfall happens. Uh, but you do let the party know that, you know, don't jump and de- up and down on this. You'll run past it. Don't be uh, maybe laden with gold. It may be a different story. But if you're most of you are relatively light, it shouldn't be a problem. But you do. You guys mark it as well. OK. Yeah. And you guys notice. So the steps come to an end about 100 feet down. And you would notice that you appear to be right at the intersection that is noted on the map. So if you see on the map the stairs, and you are at an intersection, and and it's lining up, you see a passage to your left, which would be heading upwards if you're looking at the map. You then see, continuing on, about 15 feet, you then see two double doors. You see a set of double doors, and on the right, you see a passage, and um, your your bullseye – oh, wait, I'm sorry. Hang on. I'm sorry. My bad. You don't see anything on the left. Yeah, that's where, that's where the question mark is. The qu- right, stranger. I'm sorry. I was looking at the right. I was looking at that map. Yeah, that's strange. There's a question mark. Stranger, you don't see anything there. And the question mark you do see, though, continuing straight, you see some double doors, and then you do see on the right this passageway, and you would see that it goes 
it looks like it's going at least 100 feet down to your right. If that all makes sense. Yeah. Would we want to go for the area marked on the map or we want to explore? I'm a little bit curious why, why there isn't a, a, a corridor uh, to our left when there should be a corridor to the map. Maybe we, some of you stoneworking, uh, you stoneworking dwarf can see if there's anything wrong with the... Uh, but I, I assume there, there are stone walls. They are. Yep. It, it's stone walls. It's carved out of, of living stone. So it's a little bit rough, but they are stone walls, correct. And Eslin will use her elving ability to look for any secrets, um, passages, or doors in that direction. Okay, so Eslin is looking in that. So where the uh, question mark is up top, Eslin is looking for secret. And what are you, one in three? Uh, two and six. Uh, well, two and six. Um, um, oh, that's right. Concealed is three and six, right? Two and six as an elf. Yeah, for secret. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So no, um, Eslian, you you are unable uh, to detect anything. All right. <clears throat> well, she turns to Pugsley and say, "Hey, what about that wand you have? Can you uh, spend a charge on that? Possibly." Does it look like that hall? Like the, there never was anything there. It just looks like it's continuation of the hallway. Yeah, it, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like. You know, maybe you know, maybe they planned to build something that way and didn't. Because yeah, Esselin is telling you, I'm not seeing fine. And nothing looks strange here. Sure, let's let's uh, let's pull out the wand and I'll point it at that section of the wall that we're wondering about and say appear. Okay. See what happens. All right. So Pugsy pulls out this wand, points it in that direction and almost immediately as you point it in that direction, right where you think there should be a passage from the map, it starts pulsing and burning a bright color and you can see, yeah, and it's and it's sort of it and, and and flowing from the wand is creating this image glowing in blue of a door right where you think that passage should be. All right. Do the rest of us see it or just uh pugsy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a wand, so I think yeah. So everyone sees it. Much to your chagrin, Esleyan. Well, she will uh, try to redeem herself, and she will cast Augury and uh, try to determine will or woe in these three directions and get any sort of sense as to what we should do. Ah. And the sense uh, and, and the level of danger and, and or wealth or whatever information I can discern using Augury. I have a 74% chance of success. Got it. Thank you. So I will roll that because obviously you won't know. And if I and recall, I, if I recall correctly, the augury spell gives you what a general indication of whether this is a good thing, a good idea, or a bad idea. Right? Nothing more specific, if I recall. Right. Yeah, within the next thirty minutes. Within the next thirty minutes. Got it. So, Esselian starts casting this spell. You see her sort of become very rigid like she's getting information and sensing something 
And the sense you are getting, Eslian, is that this would not be a good way to go. Um, was I able to determine anything else from the other directions? Well, oh, I, but, I, I think you basically, oh, I, the way I looked oh, at it was you were kind of saying, oh, great elven de- deity of tricksterness, is this the way I should, this the way I should go? And that's what Dan's told you. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. that was my, unless I misunderstood the Augury question, I was understanding it as, is, is this way a good way to go? Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, that's fine. I was yeah. just trying to figure out. Uh, I was just wondering if I could um, use the augury uh, more. I don't know more right. than one. Is there, is there still some life left in it? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> is the charge dead? <laughs> My understanding. It looks like James is looking it up, and I do love this stuff because I like learning about this stuff. My recollection is augury is kind of like I think one course of action, kind of. Yeah. Whether whether an action in the immediate future will be a benefit. So. We are yeah. basically saying that you you chose this would would going opening this door and going this way. I'm going to make it as generic. Go, would going through this door lead to weal or woe? And that's what you got. Right. And you and you. It's a good quick, thing you didn't cast it at the waterfall, or, or all of us might have just gone home. Right. <laughs> this adventure is a bad idea. <laughs> You'd always cast Augury at the very outset of an adventure. So, 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 and you would understand, Esselian, the way this spell works, which of course is things could go well. You know, it's, it's on balance, but the sense you're getting on balance, more likely than not, things probably wouldn't go well if you went that way all right so once the spell is complete and i've snapped out of this trance-like state i will tell pugsley hey sorry about using that charge but we're not going this way got a bad feeling about this well seeing as how this started i think uh we'll probably go with what your feelings are (laughs) worried about half elf's feelings next on dwarf talk that's uh, right We're looking for a tomb, right? Yes. You are going to go to tomb. That's, yeah, that's what I was saying. We could do that. Or, okay. Yeah, let's yeah. head down there. Then. Uh, well, let's... I mean, I'd hate to leave these double doors unsecure that stand in front of us. So it could be something there that may just come up behind us. Yeah. So it might be worth checking that shot. out. Uh, or at least securing them space. and check them on the way out. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so those are their two stone doors, each five foot wide, eight foot high, squared at the top, and they do have some handles. So you could either try to open them or you could try to secure them now. Either way. To secure them for now. It's okay. Check to see if they're trapped, perhaps, before we start messing around. Okay. I'm triggered at something. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Sorry, what was the second thing you said to do? I'll just check for traps, make sure uh, before we secure them. Got it. Okay, so I assume it is the Pugsley and Dandy show, as usual? Yep. Yep. Okay. The Pugsley and Dandy show. We can't open anything, but we can find those traps. <laughs> so, so, so Pugsley and Dandy, uh, you, you, you look at each other, you are in agreement that these are not trapped, these doors. 
Are the handles such that we could use a rope to tie them closed, secure? Yes. Like the chains on a school after yeah. hours? That would be a lot quieter than spiking them, Chef. Yes. I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, and, and what right. you'll, you know, too, is the doors open into the whatever the thing it opens into. It doesn't open towards you. So that's How many feet of rope would it take? Ten, maybe? Five? Uh, well, this, these are pretty substantial. They're five foot wide, eight foot high. So you're going to have to probably use half your rope. Uh, okay. I'll cut however much rope I need and, and use that. Okay. Yep. Go ahead, Dan. Okay. No, yes, no. It's to the party now. So there you stand at what appears to be this intersection. And so the only way now, other than back out, uh, left would be heading down, heading to your right, heading south down the map. Let's do that. Are the I, I want to try real quick. Do we the handles? Could something be balanced on the handles so that if somebody rattled them trying to get through from the inside, it would fall off and make noise? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I could mean, try something yeah. like that. Sure. Yeah, I mean something yeah. that would slide down and fall. Yeah, just I mean but, glass would break, so we might have a little warning if something's trying to get through there. Sure, it's just you have to let us know what it is. Off your, you know, what you've got is what you have on your equipment list. So my empty lotion bottle. That's what I was thinking. That, or maybe I have something in the big mouth I could pull out and. Like yeah, I mean the empty potion bottle. You could rest it upon the one of the handles. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Good idea. Great. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So there, there it sits. I get one okay. last sip out of it if I can. <laughs> For a half a hit point, and <laughs> he's an addict. <laughs> he loved it. Just painkiller. That was good. Don't get addicted to pain. Don't get addicted to healing potions. I've, I've been there. It's not good. Not good. Get treatment. Okay. Well, I see a new backstory. We've got the crack smoking ogre, and now a, a half elf hooked on healing potions. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what do you guys? So they're at rest. What you guys gonna do? Well, let's form back south. up and head south. Yeah, or south according to the map. Okay, okay. So you're heading south, and um, if I recall correctly, Pugsley, the fierce leader, is in the front, right in the lead. Yeah. Okay. So you guys start heading down, and you would notice with the bullseye lantern that you do see an end to this passageway heading south. You're not noticing any openings to the left or to the right. It just goes straight on down. Um, and it comes to it comes to some double doors. But before you get there, as you're looking at that and you're saying, ah, double doors ahead. Pugsley, unfortunately, you take a step and you are all of a sudden engulfed in flames. And the rest of you would see that flames are just as far as you can see, are just engulfing the passageway. Pugsley, what do you do? I dive backwards. You dive back. Pugsley, so give me a D6. We let you do your own damage roll. A D6, please. Six. Lovely. Pugsley, so Pugsley comes walking out of the party, and um, who was number two? Me. Dandy. Dandy. Dandy, all right. Dandy, give me um, so so. Pugsley is basically. I'll let you roll Pugsley's two hit roll on. Well, you know what? Well, this should be a dex check. Better. So give me a d twenty, um, Dandy. The good news is your dex is an eighteen. So give me a d twenty. You want eighteen 70. or lower? 
Oh, it's close. So Pugsley is like coming at you, grabbing you. He seems to be a bit, flames are kind of on him. You dive out of the way, and Pugsley is standing there, and he's screaming. Parts of his 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 equipment is on fire. It's not like I he's my cloak to help put the fire out on him. Got it. Okay, very Smoldering good. Smoldering dwarf. Mm. Smoldering, yeah, smells like dwarf. I love the smell of dwarf in the morning. So you <laughs> smell dwarf flesh, and 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 Dan, you take so Posey, you took six points of damage, and it is very hot right now. I mean, obviously, so you've got this basically a tunnel of flame in front of you, S- smokeless flame. It's still going after he's back out of it. It is still going, indeed. Like a pizza oven. Sorry, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So, so yes. Crematorium, so, yeah, pizza Pugsley, oven. Unfortunately, Pugsley was the pizza in this hypothetical. <laughs> well, and that's what not to do. That's <laughs> right. Teaching moment. It's a teaching moment for those kids, <laughs> the kids out there. All right, what do you do? So Pugsley is now just Pugsley is just smoking a little bit now or whatever. Well, you know, but he's yeah. So that hurt Pugsley, but there you Didn't stand. Burn my beard off. Though, is right? the flame oh. such? I could use it to light my pipe. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Like you take a little yeah. bit of you could light your, you could light your pipe off Pugsley at this point. Oh uh, so. yeah. Oh yeah. No, wait, Pugsley <laughs> needs to make a save for his beard. He's right. All right, roll a d twenty. You said it. That's right. Don't know, don't ever give the DM something to roll for. What's, what's, what's the name of hair no, versus flame? Does he need a twenty? Hair versus flame. Oh no, I'm a dwarf. It's got to have a plus four to it. Yeah. It's true. It's a little. It's, it's, it's like a Brillo pad. It's got oil. It's got some. You know, like a, some kind of oil sheen. <laughs> oh, is that what he uses? He uses some special. He oils his beard. That's right. <laughs> That's yeah, that What did you roll on your D twenty, Pugsley? A nine. Yeah. All right. Your your beard's a little singed, but it's not that you didn't lose your beard. So there you stand, and it's very hot. So you guys should start. My beard now has turned into a gnome, right? That's that's right. Is you're actually a gnome? Oh, you just jump back in the fire if that was the case. (laughs) James would have pushed you if he was in the party. How far down compared to where the flame is was it when he triggered it? Like, did he have to back up? Long way, or did he have to just back up a little bit? Just a little. So what it is is so about thirty feet down, on what appears to be maybe about a hundred foot or so, or maybe ninety foot passage. Thirty feet down, flame starts, and it's like just a wall. So it looks almost like it's in some respects it's real flame. Pugsy will tell you this, but it's almost like it's unnatural. So it's just there as a wall. Mm. And the problem now is you, can, you don't know how far it goes because you just see a wall of flame there. I just believe illusion. Okay. I'm not testing it out. You, 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 oh, you, you, you think it's yeah. – uh, looks – you, you uh, feel the heat coming off Pugsley and go, yeah, it's, that looks like flame. So, And kind of like what Dan's saying, from the stairs that you came from, you know, where you had – you could go forward where the room that you – barricaded with the rope and you made the right and now you're going down this hallway this hallway appeared to be about you know 80 feet down about 30 feet from the intersection that you know where you could go back in that room as you were going south 
about 30 feet in, as Pugsley's step, that's where the flames start. And the flames go a number of feet past it, and they're, you know, obviously flaming now, so it's hard to see past them. But it's, you know, it could be 30 feet, 40 feet past that. So that's that's what you're at right now. Does it look like there's a pressure plate that's still depressed or anything? Uh, no, you search around and you don't sense any sort of pressure plate. And so Mildred, in your opinion, Mildred, once you hear that, you kind of get the sense maybe there's some magics, you know, involved here. And and just to let you know, so Eslian, as you're standing there, you sort of, you sort of sense maybe there's a passage here. You're just sort of elf sense leads okay. you to believe that right before this flame, you're sort of your 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 elf ears are sort of tingling. So she quickly pulls out her journal, writes down "burn dwarf to find secret passages," and then uh, <laughs> and, and we'll start searching around. Um, okay, so everyone is sort of searching in that area and Eslia, you do discover right before that wall of flame on your left hand side so as you're walking down it would be on your left hand side you you discover a door all right i will point that out to our uh flaming leader and the tall fellow and ask them to do their thing. I do my thing. Okay. Do that thing you right. do. Got it. That's good. All right. So yeah, so 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 you do that thing and yeah, so you're you're able to pop this door. You find a secret passage. It looks like maybe a, a hidden entrance. And you notice that it goes, you see a passageway that goes too straight, so to your so if you're looking at the map it would be going to the right, like going to the east, going about 25 feet and then notice that it heads down, so it would be heading the same direction that you were heading almost like this is sort of a um, uh, what do you call those things in the big cities where you don't have to go through the uh, uh, the city you can do the uh, bypass, uh, teleport Almost like a bypass. Well, they're not, they're not teleport quite yet. <laughs> so, like a bypass. Almost it, like it, this perhaps is a bypass. You know, the, the Pugsley would know as a dwarf, this it, this passage runs parallel to the flame thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not, not this, the parts going east doesn't, but then it probably, if you go, once you make the turn, yeah. it would be parallel. Yeah. Right. It seems to make it, yeah, exactly. It seems to head down. Paralleling. So, all right. Well, let's uh, yeah, shine the bullseye lantern down that way and let's head in. About how tall and wide is this passage? So, it is five feet wide and it is about 10 feet high. All right. I'll head in there. <clears throat> okay. So, we're marching. All right. So, you come, so you go 20 feet across, and as you had noticed, it then heads south. And so now it would be heading parallel to the flame passage. And you, let me see, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Yes, you would notice 
about 60 feet down, because your bullseye lantern will go that far, you notice that it seems to come to an end, and then it seems to go to the left and the right, so to the east and the west. So if you're now heading south, you'd notice about 70 feet or so down. It goes to the east and the west, and also you had noticed about halfway down, it also goes to the left and the right. So you got a passageway heading south, about halfway down, you got a passageway to the left, passageway to the right, and then it comes to an end and goes to the left and to the right. Mm. Well, I say we shine the bullseye lantern uh, yeah, as we get to each uh, intersection, shine it to the right, see what we can see, shine it to the left. And yeah. make a decision if we need to go into one of these places or just head directly to the tomb. Got it. Okay. So as the party shines, so you come to that first intersection and you shine the light to your right, which would be heading back in the direction. So it would be going west, heading back in the direction of that flame passage. What's odd to you is it just comes to an end after about 20 feet. It just ends. And uh, Pugsley, your dwarf sense would tell you that it seems to end probably right about where that, uh, right about, you know, where that flame tunnel was and probably a little bit shy of where those double doors were. As you may remember, when you looked down that passage initially before you got the flames, you noticed that that passage heading south ended in some double doors. And Pugsley, your sense would be, nah, this sounds to me, the sense I get is that I don't know why it ends there, but if it didn't end there, it would probably be close to those double doors. Whether there's flame there or not, you don't know. Shining it on the other way, it also comes to an end. On, on the, the way toward the flame passage, it is basically sheer. It's like it was built to end. The other way, it goes probably like about 80 feet, and you notice that it comes to an end where it looks like people just stopped digging. And you notice that there's, on that way, heading east, about 50 feet down, there is an opening heading north and an opening heading south. And then, of course, if you continued south from your current location, you notice then the openings to the left and the right. I say we keep going south. Stay on the path directly to the tomb. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming yeah. the first intersection is just not on this map, and the second intersection is, is the one that's drawn. Um, Pugsley, in your opinion— that would be correct. In your opinion, if you are trying to follow the map to get to the tomb, you would predict <clears throat> that the first left and right passage is actually half around roughly halfway down that passage south. Okay. And that continuing down would most likely align with heading toward the tomb as depicted on the map. Okay. Um do you guys play that thieves can set traps with their find-remove trap thing, or is it strictly yeah, for finding and removing? 
Yeah, James, I think the... Uh, they hit the traps, yeah, same percentage, yeah. Percent, right, same percentage. But you have, I mean, you got to have stuff, right? You, yes, and you have to give us an elaborate diagram. So we're going to take a break <laughs> for about 35 minutes, and you can no, no, contract no. that. But if you want to make like a simple snare fall or something like that, you could. But, it, I mean, it's going to take some time to do that. I was just wanting to do something relatively simple that would make noise to alert us if somebody comes from one of these hallways is all but I don't I don't want to spend a bunch of time on it so take all of our empty soup cans tie them <laughs> to the rope <laughs> like an early alarm system that's what I was thinking but yeah. it may not be <laughs> I mean I, I assume James he's brought they've got enough equipment I mean, I you know to to make some sort of makeshift thing that would make noise if somebody yeah stepped I mean, there, right? Big mouth. I could have all kinds of stuff in there. Yeah. All sorts of junk from old tombs. Yeah, it's yeah. just how long do you want? How long are you going to spend doing that? That's the question. Yeah, I personally don't think it's necessary. That's that's my vote. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not married to it, so. Yeah, it would at least take ten minutes to do something, but you know, probably half an hour. You would be offended with the trap that you'd make at ten minutes. You know. <laughs> okay, half hour is probably. I probably don't want to spend that much time on it. I mean, you guys agree? Yeah, yeah I agree. I think uh, more chance. Okay. The longer we stand still, the longer, uh, the better chance of something coming up on us. Okay, let's just keep going then. Okay. So uh, it sounds like you're you're heading south and then you are heading west, right? Because you're going yes. to got it. Okay. Um, so you, as far as the bullseye lantern can see, this five foot passageway continues, and you continue and you continue, and probably after about you know we see a hundred feet down this passageway as you continue walking, you then do see. A st- it ends with a stone door. Guys, I remember hearing something about some sort of disease. So do we need to be careful of that, or is that something that was 100 years ago that's gone? Yeah, Stonefist died of a rotting disease. That is the, uh, I don't know if that's the legend or the fact and this is his tomb? Yes. Yes. So that, yeah, so what, that's what the information that the sage gave you. So you did the sage did research, and the research the sage came with was that historically it was told that he had died of a horrible, rotting disease and had built a tomb to hide himself and his stuff. And you don't know if this is his tomb, but you're in the right location. It, you're, the map said the jutting peaks. That's where you are. So is this uh, guy what... turn out to be a mummy or something? Why would you put that out there? Yeah, just give that uh, the DM. <laughs> is it too late to improvise, James? I, I'm gonna, James, I'm I had, sending you a text, right. James. I had, so scratch skeleton that we had, right? right. And right. replace mummy. Right. I've got more, guys. Right. So, mummy. Got it. so it's a mummy and a lich now? Lich. It's not just, yeah. it's not just oh, the lich? A, a lummy. Okay. A lummy. Lich mummy. Got it. <laughs> so a mummy lich hybrid. Yeah. yeah. By a strange magic user. They did the owl bear. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It has a, has a taste for human I flesh. Stand behind the cleric. That's right. Don't they all? 
right. All right. As far as the disease, I don't know what we could do to lessen our chances of getting a disease. I mean, I have a strong dwarven constitution, so I'm not really worried, but... Well, we do have a, a cleric. Make a mask out of our cloaks. Maybe the cleric stick <laughs> your disease or 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 uh, remove curse or something. It should worst come to worst. Yeah, that's beyond my spell capability. I would like when we get to this door or proceed past it, I'm going to use my bow instead of my sword. Okay, got it. Yep, 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 got it. All right, well, okay. let's check this thing for traps. So, there, okay, so just to clarify, you guys went to the bottom and you're going back west and you're going all the way down the passageway, correct? Yes, yeah, uh, that's we, should do, we should search for traps. Maybe, do, do, does anyone have a 10 foot pole or something so we can uh, make sure we don't uh, step on any more uh, uh, plates? I do I not have a pole. But you can certainly, I mean, you could certainly use a sword, you know, any, so any, if you wanted to do that first and then search too. So you want to take those double precautions, that's certainly fine. Pugsley and, I assume it's a Pugsley and Dandy show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So Pugsley and Dandy take out, you know, they're using either they've got a sword or somebody's sword and they're, you know, tapping as they go and following along slowly. So this is quite time-consuming, right? So you're doing this the whole way down. Sure. Okay. So this is this is going to be this like is going to be. How long do we think that'll take to go that whole west hallway doing that? <laughs> the ogre's back. Yeah, yeah, you tricked me. <laughs> That's right. Why was I so scared? I've never been scared before. Um, okay, so this this is going to take some time, but you can certainly do that. I'll stay uh, like thirty behind uh, the the uh, guys uh, checking the floor. Okay, all right. So just do some rolling here. Okay, so as you're slowly going down, you are not. Neither one of you are picking up any traps, and you make it to the door without triggering anything and I, and without discovering any traps. So there you stand in front of this very, this, this stone door, does have a handle, appears to open outward. Search the door for traps. Yeah. Okay. Neither one of you discover any traps locked is there a keyhole or anything like that no it just it it, it looks there's there's no keyhole it looks it looks heavy it looks like it's not been disturbed any frog faces we might push in unfortunately there's no frog faces <clears throat> it's frog face fee sorry all right. Well, I'll have my I'll have James, pokey in one hand and I'm sorry. And pull the door open. I am texting you, James. Okay. Don't be nervous, guys. I'm okay. standing back with my bow while he's opening the door or trying to open the door. Okay. All right. So the door is very heavy. You might call this sort of your typical dungeon stuck door. 
So it's so it's heavy. Human made. Exactly. Again, human made. It doesn't open easily. That's actually why doors are so hard to open because they're made by humans. So well, uh, before they start pushing and prodding and uh, bashing in this door, I'm going to cast silence, 15 foot radius at that door. Okay. Okay. Got it. On, All right. On the door itself. Actually, on um, let's do it on Pugsley. Oh, you so could do it on one of my sling bullets, so we could send it somewhere if we needed to. Well, it's a fifteen foot radius, and if I cast it on a person, it will move with you. Well, I know. I was just thinking on one of my sling bullets, it would still move, and then I could throw it into a room or something if we needed. <laughs> depending on how I long think it that's lasts. That's a better idea. To, okay. Uh, we wouldn't hear where it went, though. <laughs> um, so, okay, yeah, I guess if I cast it on the sling bullet and he's holding it, it it's still silent. Yeah. And then you can uh, sling that bullet somewhere. All right, yeah, let's do that and see what happens. All right, so just to, okay. re- just to review, I just want to make sure so is. Uh, Mildred, are you with the party now, or are you still back a ways? I'm still, uh, like, 30 feet behind them. Okay, but the rest of the three of you are by the door, and Esalen... I'm standing back with my bow out. Okay. Are you with Mildred, or halfway between? Okay. All right, so... I think I'm the only one actually right at the door. And then Esalen's a little closer to Pugsley than the other two. Is that fair? Because you're going to cast a spell. Right, right. Okay. And I've got a... A 30-foot diameter, and, okay, yeah. And so I'm going to cast it on, on that object which Pugsley's holding. Okay, so now you guys are silenced because you cast it on the object and you're standing within the thing. Is that correct? Yes. And the other two yeah. are not silent because they're outside. They're, they're more towards the, uh, you know, they're, they're about 30 feet away behind. Okay. Yeah. So um, I need uh, I need actually I'm going to need Billy for you to roll a d6. Two. Two. Okay. So as you are uh, as Mildred and you are intent at looking down the hallway, uh, you are. You, you get the sense that perhaps you are not by yourself anymore and you turn around and you notice a giant, uh, you, you notice a, a something crawling on the ceiling as in the darkness and you look oh, up and this giant creature is pe- leering over you just about to strike at Mildred and its initial. This has been a Bushy Puppy production. All rights reserved.